here we are again on a Monday afternoon, a beautiful Monday afternoon. I hope your day is going just the way you hoped. It's Heidi here and Josh Connor over on the board and a uh, first and foremost special shout out to my nephew who turns 18 today. Seems like yesterday we were holding that big baby boy. Because he was pretty big. Wow. So crazy. And that got me thinking about just all the things that we learn as we get older. Maybe it's not just as we get older, but we have different experiences. Because I can say years ago when I first started uh, at Channel 5 as an intern, and I might have shared this with you guys before, I remember coming in and seeing just a desk full of flowers And it was Jennifer Blome's desk. And she was not there that day. And I was like, oh, what happened? And everybody's like, oh, she had to put a dog down. And at the time, this dumb 22-year-old was like, what? She's missing work because she had to put a dog down? And now... I have another friend who is uh, having to go through that today, and my heart just aches now that I see it and I have that companionship with Georgie. And I'm wondering, like I'm, I'm opening it up, because what what's something that you maybe didn't understand until you experienced it yourself, and then you have that, oh, yeah, now I kind of get it, because this one really hits me a lot harder 26 years later, 27 years later. And you had, your dad had dogs growing up, but but they were bird dogs. They lived They're working dogs. They do not, they were never cuddling. They were never in the house. Okay. So Georgie's your first pet. I mean, I dated people that had, you know. Did you lose the pets while you were dating them? You mean did... Did they lose their pets? No. Okay. Didn't you have cats with Marsha? Marsha had cats when I moved in. Yeah, Heidi. Those don't count. Heidi forced the cats out. Oh, you know. She she never developed a rapport with the cats. <laughs> I, I, there was one cat that I did really like. Dolce was sweet. It just is, you know. It's not, not your cat, not your problem. I wouldn't go that far. And I, I will say, I'm the one that took that. I took Dolce, the cat that I did have a, a closer relationship with. I took her end of life to the, the vet. And I will say, I I bawled like a baby. Yeah. And that's... Heidi volunteered herself to take the cat No, in. I was told I had to do it oh. because there was no way. Was it going to happen? Well, it just was going to be way too hard, which I get. I just am, am now at 50 years old realizing that this is really, really challenging. Our friend Liz, how truly heartbreaking having a loved one with dementia or Alzheimer's really is. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, and that's, you know, Liz, so true because I think you still see them the same way. My grandmother wasn't uh, wasn't Alzheimer's, but it was dementia. And it, it's just so hard for everybody involved. You know, you remember them that way. You know, you want to share all those stories and have them tell you those stories. And it just is, yeah, it, it's heartbreaking. My grandfather had it and he was in a nursing home and I never realized it at 
at the time, the time, what my dad was going through with that. Mm-hmm. And luckily, knock on wood, you know, my parents, they're not in, in peak health, but they don't have they don't have that. Yeah. You know, and we can just kind of knock on wood that I don't have to deal with that because that sounds like the worst. Mm-hmm. Somebody else say breast cancer. and Good Lord, that affects so many people. Someone else saying they missed you uh, on the yard sale, but you did a fantastic job at Carnival. Your jacket was awesome. What kind of jacket did you wear? Oh, it was a, a maroon tuxedo jacket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you wear your fancy shoes? I wore my fancy shoes. Yeah. Of course I did. Did you borrow it from Carney? He always has those no, but weird I did, colored. Uh, I did say, anytime you go to a Carney event, go in your closet and pull out the most garish outfit. <laughs> you could be guaranteed to not be the worst dressed person in the room. Yeah. What Anytime. was Carney wearing? He was wearing a subdued jacket, oh. but the tie was was pretty bad. He didn't dress up <laughs> in any other. Uh... No, 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 no. His board has outlawed him from doing that. From doing that anymore. Um, I have a cat. Yes. And this is my first pet. I guess technically in the fourth grade, I had a lizard mm-hmm. who died. Chucky. Chucky the lizard. Yeah, I was pretty broken up. Did you name it, it after this creepy doll for a day? Uh, I don't know why I named it that, but I am going to be interested to see what happens when uh, Waffles passes away or, or needs to be put Interesting, down. you mean how you will feel about it? How I will feel about it, how my wife will feel about it. It is something, though, I never realized this. To your, This is to your question. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, the Waffles was our everything. You yeah. know, the dog is our everything. How could that possibly change when you start having kids? I mean, if the cat's in the house, is not in the house, I wouldn't even know really? at this point anymore. You know, it's not like our relationship is necessarily severed. Now, but I do I just, have, you know, I've got something bigger and better now. Is that it? Now, I, I don't think everybody feels that way. I have lots of friends who had a dog or two. Or a cat and then had children. And the dog is still in still Christmas one. photos. Number still one. one. Well, you might want to give it a few years, Josh. Maybe you won't feel this way when yeah, but Finn I, is screaming and uh, talking back. Talking back. Yeah. And maybe you like the cat better. You know what? That's good. You know what, honey? You deal with him. I'll, me and the cat will go downstairs. Right. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, though, how certain... Moments in time, certain things change our perspective on things. And I think that's what life is all about. We've got lots to get to today. Let me give you a run of the show. I'm so excited. Steve Shankman, the one and only. You know him from Contemporary Productions. The man has put his, you know, thumbprint on just about everything. Music in St. Louis. Evolution Festival is back for its second year, and we now know the lineup. It's happening September 28th and 29th, and uh, Steve will join us to talk a little bit about you know, how it's going to be bigger and better. Just to give you an idea, the Killers, Beck, Blondie, just to name a few. That's uh, who will be performing in Forest Park late September. We'll also check in with Jordana Miller, uh, who is in Jerusalem, the latest on the war. Uh, then... We've got uh, Courtney Jackson. I don't know where you guys stand. We cut the cord a long time ago, but now as more and more things are streamed, first it was the NFL playoff games. We're on Peacock. Then uh, over the weekend, I watched the SAG Awards 
on Netflix. More things are streaming on different things. Is that the way of the future? And are you still really better off streaming than having cable? What's it look like for your wallet? Courtney Jackson, a senior uh, streaming editor at CNET, will walk us through some of that. She's really dug in and crunched the numbers. We'll also check in with Alex Stone, ABC News, that lying FBI informant is now being held without bond, but we'll get the latest, just a quick update on that. Then in the 5 o'clock, we got the top 5 at 5. We've got some entertainment, and then we'll wrap this show up with some uh, randoms. Back on the text line, somebody said, way to go, Josh, styling and profiling. Somebody says, it's Susan. I feel like uh, I've known forever how it feels to put an animal to sleep. I think from childhood to this point in my life, I've had at least seven animals. That's awful. and It never gets easier. I'm going to assume, since we've only really had to do it a couple times with cats, that I haven't felt the connection that I feel with Georgie. Has your wife wanted to replace the cats with more no. cats? That, that's not a thing? No. You know, I've seen uh, families put a dog down and then immediately get a new one. Yeah. And I think uh, a lot of people do that for the kids to try to minimize the the loss the heartache but isn't that part uh, of life isn't that a kind of a, a, a life lesson? lesson you know yeah do you if you minimize the heartache are you minimizing you know your time oh we so easily moved on from snowflake you know is that well i don't think that's ever the case yeah. i think there's still going to be the heartache maybe it just distracts us a little bit or gives us something to be happy about but i don't think you're ever replacing the one that came before we have waffles because the lady that found them or or her i guess uh said that they had just lost a cat and they weren't ready for a new one Mm -hmm. so i got the world's cutest cat because uh you know somebody wasn't ready to move on yeah well it, it makes sense i see our first guest out in the hallway so let's take a quick break and get Steve Shankman in here. Evolution Festival returns to Forest Park September 28th and 29th, and now we know who will be taking the stage. The Killers, Beck, Blondie, and more are on the bill, and we have the man behind the festival and so many other great things, music in St. Louis. Steve Shankman is with us. It is so good to see you. Always. Gosh, this is exciting. Josh, I'm with you and Josh. I listen to you every afternoon. I go from Carney about food and weight, and I go right into you about health and fitness. <laughs> that makes the world go round, that's, right? That's right. I don't know what McGraw is talking about in the morning. I know, yeah. I know he wasn't too good at the crap table one day. He doesn't know <laughs> what he's talking about. This is true. Who can spell his last name anyway? Exactly. So this is even bigger than last year. You guys came out of the gate big, but you've added even more artists. I'm telling you. I'm more excited about this than the day open Riverport. I really? Mean, St. Louis has great venues. We have Riverport Amphitheater just west of here. We got the pageant, which I did with Joe Edwards. We have the factory, which I helped Mike Steinberg do, which is doing great. But we didn't have a festival anymore. Remember, yeah. Blue Fest went kind of bankrupt. Mm-hmm. It just, like, flamed out. Well, yeah. there was a lot of reasons behind it. But I said to Joe Litvag, who I was doing some other business with, and he was with Danny Wimmer Productions, like Bourbon and Beyond was one of his festivals. Why don't we come together, partner this together, 
bring in Jeff Jarrett, who's been buying talent for me for 19 years, actually. Manage Blondie. Uh, not Blondie. Manage uh, Nadine, who's on the show. And let's put on a festival. So a year in the planning we did last year, 25,000 people. I mean, I watched the entire entire Brandy Carlisle show. Incredible, show. wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she was so good. Yeah, and my girls are 10, and they were on stage the whole time with her. It, that's it, cool. Yeah, it was great. So a great festival, a lot of people, no incidents, no security problems, little rain in the morning, didn't stop the show, uh, 18 acts, two big stages. Now we got a 1,000 people responded right away to surveys. And what do you want? And what we wanted was a little bit more of the rock kind of music, some punk music, so we go to work. So how do you get a bigger act of the killers? We tried to get them earlier on with the first festival, and there's such high demand. I mean, two guys have been together since, what, 2001, I guess, in Las Vegas. They're playing at Caesars Palace now, I believe. And you get these two guys, especially Brandon Flower, and they said, yeah, we want to do St. Louis. We heard about last year. Did they really say that? Yes. You build upon... You know, you get the good base out there of a great festival, and you build upon it. It's like when you open Riverport. You open up with Steve Winwood. You have great music, and then you have a riot on July 2nd with Axl Rose, and you get known around the world. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is that who opened up Riverport Steve with Steve Winwood? Winwood? Yeah. And yeah. then uh, Guns N' Roses? Two and a half weeks later. That was in the first year. Two and a half yeah. weeks later. Holy cow. Yeah, two and a half weeks later. Yeah. Can you go back and do something about the uh, getting out of there at night, the parking oh. situation? Can oh, you I, add another I, road? I, that's Live Nation, so I mean, nothing to do with that. How do you just sit on the hood of your car and wait? Well, yeah. truthfully, I tried when I built it to get, well, we got the road white, and that mm-hmm. helped because of the Grateful Dead, we have women getting out of their cars and urinating on the side of the road. I'm sure some men, too, because, I mean, they're stuck in traffic. Yeah. But, but uh, I, I tried to get another exit on the Highway 70, not an entrance, but an exit, just to move the track. Everybody leaves at the same time. Uh-huh. They come at different times. But listen, I'm sure they're doing a great job out there. Leslie Ramsey, who I hired 40 years ago, is running the place, and they're, and they're doing great. But we have great venues in St. Louis. But if we don't have a festival, acts like the Killers, Beck, Jane's Addiction, Blondie, the icon. I mean, they're icon. Not they're not coming if we don't have a festival. Because so many of these groups just do festivals yes, now. They do. Yes, they do. And it's such a, a great bang for your buck because you can pay the same amount that you're going to go to a well, concert less. at Enterprise. And you're going to get to see all of these great acts. And it's not just one genre, like you were but, saying. But Heidi, it's an experience. Yeah. All right, you go to a concert. Listen, Sting and my friend Billy Joel, who I've known since 81, I did his first show. He opened up for Harry Chapin at the Keel Opera House, then the Peabody, then the Steve. I've been along, around long enough. They got everybody's things been really renamed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in fact, yeah. I watched the Elton John movie because I did one of his first tours, and I was thinking maybe if he's retiring, I should. And my 42-year-old wife says, no way. <laughs> anyway, three kids later. I was going to say, you've got uh, some the, the, kids to put through school. You have to have something in St. Louis that brings everybody together. Concerts do that, but not really. A festival, you're living with people for 8 to 10 hours, about 20 hours worth of music. And you get to interact. I mean, you look at the pictures from last year. That's great. No matter if you're black or white or Indian or gay or straight or they'd be Native American, I meant to say, or Indian yes. from the country. But no matter, it didn't make any difference. Everybody came together. Not one problem. Everything went great. People ate. People drank. They may have done some other stuff because Sway did have a large, <laughs> they had their own stage on two uh, levels. Hey, it's legal now. How well, many stages are there this year? Well, here's what we're doing by, by popular demand. We're going to add a second, uh, a third stage. We have the one stage that Missouri Tourism sponsored last year. That's when Brandy Carlisle was on. And the Sugar Hill Gang was on the Lindenwood University stage, which I'm thrilled to have Lindenwood as my sponsor now for the second year. 
and then we're going to add another stage. It'll be somewhere in the middle, and it'll be for smaller local acts. We really like to promote these other acts, like Nadine. I like to take Sunvolt. I mean, that was yeah. Uncle Tupelo. Yeah. And, 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 you know, but let's talk about my favorite act on the show. All right, which one is your favorite? Good Times. La Freak. Oh. Nile Rodgers. Nile Rodgers. Yeah. Think about this guy. Not only has he produced his own records and he started the Chic organization. He's played with everybody. everybody and he's produced albums by Madonna and, and by many other artists as well. I mean, he's ju- just an incredible. And that's the thing. All these people know each other. They've interacted. So the party backstage is crazy. I wish I, wish I could invite you Yeah, all. I wish you could, too. Yeah, you could invite us. <laughs> yeah, I could. I have to talk to 22 other stages. But Todd Rundgren, an, an, another stellar icon. Oh, you got him for Carney. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's Carney. Yeah, well, he's going to buy a ticket. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I did give him some tickets, I think, for Evolution, actually, for, for the, the Carney kids. Yeah, yeah, for the auction. Yeah, he called me. You know, he always Of course he call. does. I do like the idea of throwing the stuff up in the air and all that. L King, think about L King. That's a big one. Yeah, I mean, a little bit in the news, but you know what? Well, okay, I want to talk about that in a minute. I could talk to this guy for hours. I'm talking about Steve Shankman. And today we're talking about Evolution Festival because the uh, lineup came out this morning. But as I was, you know, teasing, we went to traffic. I don't know if you have a crystal ball or if you just get lucky. Rapper Killer Mike is on the bill. He just swept the rap categories at the Grammys, which that was kind of unexpected. Wait, didn't he get arrested? And he did that too. <laughs> well, you know what? What Barnum and Bailey said, any publicity is good yeah. publicity. It was a silly little thing, according to what I heard, and it did whatever. Anyway, Killer Mike, and I don't know, I don't know if you know, but his DJ is from St. Louis. Oh. I did not know. Oh this. yeah, yeah. So, so I, I, which I think is really cool because we try to tie in St. Louis as much as we can. And, you know, which means you got to do a lot of work to get that done. Yeah. But, but Nadine's from St. Louis. And like I said, uh, uh, other acts that we have on the show are from St. Louis. Or they have a tie to St. Louis. But, yeah, I, haven't, I mean, he's the guy now. I mean, we have to get younger people there. Our average age is 35 to 50. And we'd like to get, you know, like 25. We'd like to, we got, so the schools are in this time. Last time was the end of August. So they weren't in. But now they're in. And and we'll be able to get some tickets. So at the end of September, twenty eighth yeah. and twenty ninth, it is uh, best weather in St. Louis. Yeah. you know, bring supposed a sweater. To be, supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's hope that's, that's we cross our fingers. What do, you, what do you think of the new uh, location? Lou Fest for years was on uh, the ball fields. Dirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's what I think dirt. of it. Yeah. Dirt. We're on grass, good grass. Right by the tennis courts, right by the boathouse. Right, right in between. That's where I lunch today at the boathouse. I love uh, Mike Johnson and those guys. You know, when I saw the setting, I said, that's it. I know Forest Park pretty well. I have a, a plaza named after me. Yes, you, I, it's, I'm going to say it's my favorite. Like that entrance well, uh, as you come through to the zoo right. with all of that, those beautiful animals, just yeah. gorgeous. Oh, that's yours? Uh-huh. Shankman Family Plaza, the the sign is twice as big as it needed to be, so I'm surprised you haven't seen it all lit up. Right at the, the Hampton one. That's yeah, it. Yeah, it's okay. gorgeous. Uh, the guy I was trying to think of is Track Star. He's his DJ for Killer Mike, and he's from St. Louis, which is cool. Yeah. Another, another great connection. Uh, who else I care? So L. King is great. Peter Yorn, we just booked him last week. Oh, I love Pete Yorn. It's, you're not going to usually see him at a festival. You're going to see him like at the old Westport Playhouse yeah. downstairs. So available. How long cool. do you, like you start booking 
when? As soon as day this festival? The day after the last festival. Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you this. A lot of festivals out there. The big ones, uh, some Ryan of the regional. Ones. Yeah, the regional ones, like Milwaukee's got a big one that they Summer do every fun. year. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it at a point of saturation where we can't squeeze? You know, because sometimes you just run out of weekends. Yeah, but about 30% of the festivals that get started, they don't make it. Yeah. In the first year, after the first year. After the second year, they're sometimes gone too. Well, Heidi so, said the Memphis. Yeah. That's Memphis gone. and May Bill is gone. Bill Street. Columbia, Missouri. Yeah, that was By gone. By the way, we didn't mention the killer song that they play at their uh, at their games is Mr. Brightside. Oh. Right. That's because they don't like was it, you, uh, uh, Kansas U or U. Uh-huh. And they play that song because they pick on them. The other thing about Mr. Brightside, I'm going to get right back to your question. Is that it was? I think it was in the New York Times last month. It is replacing "Don't Stop Believing" by my friends Journey, who I've loved forever from San Francisco. But their song is the most popular song now at weddings, and it's being played a lot. Mr. Brightside. My kids are ten; they know Mr. Brightside, and they obviously know uh, uh, Blondie's uh, X's and O's. Oh yeah. But you're. But to get back to what you said, it's they're very expensive. Right away, the talent price goes up. I mean, the, the economics is very simple. When they play Riverport, they're on a percentage. They may get a guarantee, call it two, three hundred thousand, whatever the number is. But they're against ninety, eighty, seventy, some percentage of the house after expenses. When they play a festival, they get a, a, a fee. So that fee takes into account what would we have made? Uh-huh. So it's like a casino or a private party. Prices go up because they don't have any other way to make money. So they charge you sort of their back end. So it's very expensive. I mean, this festival is a multi-million dollar festival. And it's only going to be more expensive because of inflation. But we try to keep the prices down. I was just looking at prices of other festivals. I think we, we came out at the lowest price of any festival, at least I know in this state, especially in St. Louis, because there are other great festivals. But, again, the prices go up. So we encourage people, come Wednesday, buy your tickets now. Don't wait to the last minute. But people have to make their plans, and it's two days, and it's it's a big commitment. And, and we understand all that, but this commitment is going to be worth it. The excitement the, the, the cultural impact of what this does for St. Louis, both with people, humans, and with money. I mean, it raises money for taxes, sales tax, earnings tax, state tax, food tax. It's a great economic builder. And the other good thing, we're doing this again this year, which is good to know because I know you both love St. Louis. We're not going to open up until 1 o'clock. And we're going to let people spend all morning at the zoo, which I was the chairman of the zoo for a bunch of years. I was there yesterday. Yeah, well, yeah. you don't want to go today. I couldn't go <laughs> up the highway. But, but, but the, the zoo, you can go to History Museum. they got the great exhibit at the Art Museum. You can go to Forest Park and just hang out, picnic. You don't have to come see me to 2 o'clock. We start at 2 o'clock. Come a little early if you want a good area. But but I'm saying we want to promote St. Louis, and that's part of what this does. Go have lunch in the West End. Yeah, I know you broke it down, hotels. you know, percentage-wise. What was, like, how many St. Louisans versus out-of-town guests came last year? Out-of-town was about 30%, a little oh. less than 30%. Can you track that? Oh, yeah. We he know can what, track everything. If you, if you live in Hawaii and buy a ticket, I know you by name and address, your email, oh. where you buy it. We have, a, like, a heat map. Oh, no, this is... You got to remember, we didn't start yesterday. Yeah. I did the Grateful Dead in '69, <laughs> and I had to set up their equipment because they got busted in New Orleans. So, remember, the, you remember the song "Trucking"? Oh yeah. And, uh, all right, that's when they wrote that song. God, lucky I mean, praise of God that we got them here. I, I mean, mean, you have been dropping some names, but I, if we were to grab your phone right now, who's the most famous person in that phone? Katie Shanker. 
Oh, is she listening? You just did Boy. really well. Yeah, that He's, was a cop out. I was going to say, there's a, <laughs> you know, that was smooth. He's smooth. It, it is funny because I have Billy Joel's number. Yeah. I, mean, I met Billy in 81, and I was at some piano bar somewhere, and a guy was playing the piano. Everybody could sing the piano, man. I literally called him, let him listen. I said, you want to talk to this kid? He said, sure, put him on the phone. He thought I was an impersonator. But he looked at the phone and it said, Billy Joel. That's pretty cool. You know, I have a lot of friends in the business, and a lot of them are, you know, Sammy Hagers, you know, the guys who say the REO Speedwagon, you know, all those kinds of guys. But Elton John, at his last show, we told the girls in my book, which the station has a copy somewhere, I tell the story about we dress him up as a cop yeah. to get him under the yard. You were just a teenager then. Uh, Maybe not. I even. remember the story, though. He told the story before his encore. Uh-huh. And my girls are going, that was my dad. That was my dad. He says, yeah, some guy promoter dressed me up as a cop. And that picture still exists. It's it's on it's online. Did you go to Dodger Stadium no. and see him or you just saw the, the video? Uh, you're talking about the uh, Elton John? Yeah. I went to see the movie. You saw the movie. Yeah. And I said to my wife, if he's retiring, maybe I should be thinking. He played the troubadour, 71. I'm just guessing years. I think six months later, his, his promoter, his name was Reed, uh, called us and said, we want to do St. Louis. We'll do the opera house in St. Louis. How did you get your foot in the door promoting? Because you have promoted everybody. I mean, what was your kind of big break? All in the book. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, everybody gets a big break. Look at you at the 550. Yeah, I know, I know. You love it here. You I do. You back to the window. You don't uh-huh. have to see anybody. <laughs> the big, well, the, it's, well, I was booking bands. I, I'm a trumpet player. I played Castle Loma on Saturday night, four hours. You're wearing uh, slacks and a, and a beautiful jacket right now, uh, but you're all dressed up. Oh, I did TV. Probably had TV. I'd look like you if I was doing radio. I was going to say. But back when you were doing this in 69, booking the dead, were you wearing bell bottoms too? You got that. Right, and have long hair and mustache and beard and drug. I mean, and, and, <laughs> you know, it's funny. People want to know how Irv and I got started. I got to bring Irv Zuckerman in because he was my buddy from the first grade on. And when he was 18, 19, we started the company. So uh, they said, Well, how'd you guys get started? I said, Well, we went to high school, grade school together, and I was selling drugs and he was selling shoes. I said, what are you talking about? He worked at Sticks, Bear, and Fuller, which became Dillard's. He was in the woman's shoe department. And I was working at Walgreens as an assistant pharmacist, which means the pharmacist took a lot of breaks and said, you fill those prescriptions. <laughs> so, you know, the big break did come in 70. Now you're getting me going here. I mean, I'm a little uh, off my dates, but I think it was around 71 or two, maybe 72, because somebody's fact-checking. Yes came to town. And not only did they sell at Kiel Auditorium 10,586 seats one night, we went on sale for a second night. And of all acts to open up and, I saw Mary Young recently because Poco was the opening act. <sighs> Didn't fit at all. Yes, Poco. But we liked the guys in Poco, the originals guy. And anyway, we get a call the next day. Premier Talent was the agency. They handled all the English acts, uh, Stones and the Who. And we get a call. It's the agent that we work with. Mr. Barcelona wants to see you and Irv. He owns the company. This isn't like CAA where it's a conglomerate or the William Mars. This is Premier, but they're the biggest in the business. And we get this call. And, and I said, Irv, well, we can go up there maybe next week. It takes probably about two days to get there. Oh, no, he wants to see us tomorrow, tomorrow night. I said, Irv, when's the last time you were on a plane? He says, never. I said, I was on a plane once. It was a four-seater playing a gig up in Highland, Illinois. I said, we got to get a reservation and a, and a suitcase. I mean, we were two kids from U-City. He slept in the living room, and I slept in the, in the basement. I mean, we don't have nothing. Anyway, Mr. Barcelona said it to us this way. I'm amazed that you guys sold the show out. I didn't know you before today, but I'm going to tell you this. Every act that Premier Talent books, which is 10 years after, Emerson Lake and Palmer, Peter Frampton, Joe Cocker, 
you're getting the show. Wow. And that's how we got that started. And then the guy in Kansas City was complaining about us getting St. Louis because he was doing a couple of shows. And he says, well, you know what? You're getting no shows in Kansas City. I'm giving that. So Contemporary had an office in Kansas City. So St. Louis, Kansas City. Then we became a, a regional promoter of the Midwest. But nationally, I handled Seinfeld, Tim Allen, the, the late, great Louis Anderson, um, Roseanne Barr. All of them played downstairs. Yeah. Roseanne Barr and Louis Anderson used to. Oh, no more stories. <laughs> I mean, the, the, you know, like Roseanne, I mean, we went to the comedy club, right? Uh-huh. And she was dating uh, Arnold, and, and Arnold was heckling whoever's on stage. I forget the English guy's name from the Funny Bone. Comes over to me and says, Steve, he doesn't be quiet. He's going to have to leave. Tom Arnold. I mean, this is before he, Roseanne made him a star, right? Anyway, so we became the large promoters of motorsports because we did all these truck pools and Bigfoot. So we built the company out of the concert business, but really it was booking bands. And I still play in a band. For 35 years, I'm still playing in the motel. And, and you play that trumpet so well. When did you pick up the trumpet? What age? Well, I probably picked it up at three, but I didn't play it until about 10. <laughs> yeah. And did you have, uh, you know, professional lessons? Or that's just something that's all in ear my, and my, God-given talent? You know, my dad was a professional. He was in the symphony, 35 years, violinist. And I never practiced. So I never understood how he got so good. So I took the same idea. <laughs> no lessons, no practicing, just through school. And, you know, I just learned the stuff on myself. And, you know, and playing in bands it was great because when Temptations and Four Tops and, and, and Smokey Robinson and Bernadette Peters and Tom Jones, they'd come to town, they'd call me, and I'd contract the orchestra. So, sure, I'm in the band. Better <laughs> like the Moody Blues one time. We're in Kansas no. City. We're on, our way to, yeah, we're on our way to St. Louis, and I'm sitting in the lounge with the Moody Blues. And they said to me, now, wait a second, Sandstone Amphitheater. Do you own that? I said, yeah, I have a couple of partners. He says, and, and who contracted the orchestra? I said, musical productions. Well, who owns that? I do. <laughs> and who was playing trumpet? I was. So he got paid as the promoter, the contract. I said, yeah. I said, wait one second. He says, what's that? Where are we going tomorrow? St. Louis. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they, 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 they thought that was great. They yeah. thought that was great. Who did you uh, con your way into playing with that was the most fun? Oh, that I played with? Yeah. Well, it depends. Let's see. You got like Chicago's at... got their own horn player. Yeah, I sure. almost got a shot at that. I mean, I mean, I've known Lee forever, and Lee was out years ago when they were playing the arena. And instead of bringing in Steve Shank, but they brought in the trumpet player from Tower of Power, which he's a little better than me. So that was the right <laughs> idea. Uh, who I'd love to play with or have played with, yeah. Blood, Sweat, and Tears. I would have loved oh. to stood next to Lou Soloff, who was also in the Blues Brothers Band, as, as many of those guys were. Uh, I think Mancini was a big one. Uh, when we did Mancini and Mathis, you know, because these are icons, you know, open for Jay Leno, my big band. That was yeah, kind of fun. I was there. You were? Yeah. He's coming back. He's doing Illumination. I think it's June the 6th. Okay. Uh, he's coming in for that. And we know he's going through some rough times. Right now. Well, I mean, he's lucky to be alive. You burn up under a car. Yeah. You'd think the first time you would learn, then he gets on a motorcycle and gets, falls off of that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, listen, playing with my dad was a highlight because we never like played like this together in a band, but to even watch him in the orchestra on one side. The biggest highlight of my life, other than the riot and, and all that kind of stuff, uh, <laughs> or doing taking care of the Pope when he was in St. Louis oh, in 1999, yeah. was uh, when I got to sit in with the symphony. So the symphony had a gala, small orchestra, like 45 pieces, and we had written an 18-minute Motown medley. I had Charles Glenn, the Motown Review singers, I had Kim Massey, and it was a medley of all these tunes, and I conducted the rehearsal. And when the rehearsal was done, they said, you'll be sitting there. They had a seat and a stand for me to play. Oh, which I didn't look at the music. I wrote it or helped write it. Anyway, 
I got so many highlights, but the this is it. I'm telling you, I open a lot of facilities in St. Louis, but the outdoor thing, if we don't do it, nobody's going to do it. So we've got corporate St. Louis behind us. Got some returning sponsors. We're looking always for, and it's not just music. It, it's oh, it's shopping, food it's food and, and drinks, and, and drinks and pot. And yeah, <laughs> I mean it's All illegal it. now. You said it. Right? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's it's an evolution of everything about St. Louis. We need two days to think about the positive parts of the city. I don't need to be a, a promoter anymore. I'm not doing this anywhere else. This is all about what I think the community needs. We lack any connectiveness between people, and I don't like to see that. I've always been you know, a person that wants to bring people together, and this does that. I mean, the mayor was there. She was up on stage with Sugar Hill Gang, actually dancing with the police chief's wife, Brenda. Yeah. The police chief was there. All the older women and men were there. And, and, and Brian Williams is a senator in the state, great, great person. And they all supported Greater St. Louis, supported it, uh, explored St. Louis. But it takes a lot of money to put this on. So we're always looking for two things, the media's help, which we've always got. You have no idea. I go to a lot of other cities for years. The media, even like St. Uh, Kansas City, K-102, the only station other than the ones in this town that ever understood what concerts meant to a radio station. When Casey sold for big bucks, it was in the paper. I read it because of the concert schedule that they have. Ninety percent with Steve Shangman's and Bergman. That's why we got this price. I don't remember getting anything before. But, I, <laughs> but what I got for it is to know. Actually, I, you know John Beck. I was out to dinner with John and and Laurie on on Friday night. I love John. He's been on Takeshi for thirty something years as manager. But but it, it shows to show you how important music is mm-hmm. to everybody. Hockey's important. Soccer's important. Football's really important, especially now in St. Louis because we don't have a team. But it doesn't do what music does because if you lose the game, you're not happy. When do you ever walk out of a concert and not be happy? I mean, you're always happier when you leave or when you're there than when you got to get ready to go because then you got to get your tickets, you got to get your clothes, you got to do the thing. What am I wearing? What am I bringing? What can I bring? You know, all the do's and don'ts. But music is this, it is the international communicator, it brings us all together. In my dial, which was my yearbook in 1960s, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm across the hall for, on the Hall of Fame from Nelly, but different classes. It said, let not the music within us ever die, which is also my book. And I really strongly believe it. If there's not music at my funeral, I'm going to be very happy. Oh, I don't care. We have a marching band. Let's get the funky music. butt band in there. <laughs> <laughs> Evolution Festival taking place in Forest Park September 28th and 29th. Tickets go on sale Wednesday at 10 a.m. You can learn more. Purchase tickets at evolutionfestival.com. Steve Shankman, it is always a pleasure. Well, let's do an hour someday. Let's cut into Carney's time. All right. Matter of fact, let's have some sandwiches and some pasta because I know he's on a diet, so we yeah. don't want to go overboard with fried chicken. <laughs> and have him come in and have – listen, we used to go to church together until he moved out to, I don't know, Wentzville or someplace out there. And uh, he is doing better, and I'm yeah. happy for him. No, I love John. You know that. I know you do. But, but, but we, you gotta poke a, him a little bit. Yeah. He, well, he does it to me. I mean, unless he, <laughs> need, unless, he need, unless he needs something. Exactly. My regards to everyone, and good luck to you all, guys. We've got, we got some crazy weather coming up. Yeah. We're going to hear about it soon, I have a feeling. You're right. Yeah, the weather's coming up. Thank you. Well, thank you. sure that we are keeping the Israel-Hamas war kind of in the forefront and not forgetting about it. Jordana Miller, ABC News correspondent, is in Jerusalem with the latest. Hi, Jordana. Hi there. Um, You know, everyone's still talking about uh, the possibility of uh, a breakthrough in the hostage 
release uh, deal talks slash Gaza ceasefire. There was progress made over the weekend uh, in talks led by a CIA chief, Chief Bill Burns. Today, there's more talks going on in Qatar. Uh, Israel sent another delegation there. Uh, Hamas's political leader, Ismail Haniya, also in Qatar. Um, and, you know, it looks like some of the gaps have narrowed. Um, there are still some issues, but, for example, on one of the critical issues, uh, how many Palestinian prisoners you know, would be released in exchange for each hostage. That ratio had been uh, one of the sticking points with Hamas asking for, you know, the rate to be something like 100 to 1 or 50 to 1. Um, it, it appears Hamas has dropped that ratio down uh, 10 to 1, uh, maybe in some cases uh, 20 to 1 for the female Israeli soldiers. Um, so that's that appears to be good news, um, but Israel is still waiting uh, to see if Hamas uh, agrees to the broad outlines of a deal that was agreed to or all the sides seemed amenable to this weekend in Paris. Again, six weeks of quiet, 40 Israeli hostages to come out, staggered one per day, uh, and Israel's willingness to release hundreds of Palestinian prisoners for those 40 Israelis, as well as boosting aid into the Gaza Strip. What appears to be a plan to open uh, crossings in northern Israel directly into the Gaza Strip. As we've been reporting, there's been a breakdown and a lot of uh, difficulty in getting aid directly to the northern Gaza Strip. If there was an opening there from the Kearney crossing, an old industrial crossing that could open, or the Eris crossing, then that would, uh, you know, greatly um, help getting, uh, you know, at least, you know, double the aid in per day to the Gaza Strip directly to the north. You know, we see the nightly news and we see pictures of, you know, it looks like children starving and kind of eating from big bowls that are being scooped out to them. But what what are we not seeing Right. That's a good question. Um, you know, I think we're not seeing the kind of, unfortunately, um, I mean, unfortunately, it's happening, not that we're not seeing it, but there's there's been a, a considerable breakdown in civil order in the Gaza Strip in the last several weeks as Hamas loses their grip on certain parts of the Gaza Strip then we're seeing uh, not only Hamas gunmen, but gangs and other parties uh, really attack the aid convoys, attack drivers. Mm -hmm. uh, and it is increasingly difficult to distribute that aid. Um, of course, Israel and Egypt, you know, play the most important role and the UN play the most important roles in getting the aid in and distributing it. But Actually, delivering the aid um, has become, you know, very difficult in the last uh, two to three weeks. And we've seen a serious drop in the number of trucks coming in because there's a huge bottleneck of aid sitting on the Gazan side that just hasn't been delivered. So that's contributing to um, to these to the poverty and the starvation that's happening in the Gaza Strip. 
as a result of the war because people you cannot get aid to people, especially in northern Gaza, where there's about 300,000 people. And a lot of people have said that this is a, a proxy war uh, between Iran and Israel, but it's a it's a big region, and uh, one of the defining characteristics is that they are kind of tribal. What are some of the other countries doing in all of this? Jordan, which is right next door, have they weighed in? Is Turkey choosing sides? Um, you know, Saudi Arabia, Iraq, do they even have any bandwidth to to choose any sides in this? You know, it's a great question. You know, um, Egypt and Jordan, who have peace treaties with Israel, uh, have been working with also the Qataris, uh, the Emiratis, the Saudis, by the way, they are one of the silent partners for a ceasefire and a hostage release deal, um, because this is really a proxy war uh, against Iran and the moderate Arab nations in the region, they don't want to see Israel defeated because that's a victory for Iran. Uh, And, of course, there's already so many fears about Iran's uh, aims to control the region, and they're involved in so much terrorism and subversive uh, uh, acts throughout the region. So there is a concerted effort, you know, behind the scenes, uh, and those partners— especially Egypt, which has the, the, we have to say, of the immediate neighbors, Egypt has the most influence over Hamas because they control the Rafah border crossing and how much aid gets in. Um, And that's a huge leverage point. And remember, you know, Hamas is feeling, in a sense, under more pressure now, not just from the military operation. Israel is making considerable gains in central Gaza now and obviously threatening that big operation in Rafa. Um, you know, so that is a, that is a big pressure point on them. Um, but the Egyptians also are putting pressure on, on Hamas um, and, and the Qataris. Uh, and the worse the situation gets for everyday Gazans, the more Hamas, you know, is blamed for that. So, all of this working together um, may may get Hamas to soften some of their positions, which we're already seeing a little bit. And, you know, as they say here, God willing, a deal will close before Ramadan. There's about two weeks left, and we haven't had this much momentum since the last deal in November. And if it's going to happen, it's going to happen in the next two weeks. And if it's not, then, you know, we could see an escalation of the the war as Israel moves to Rafah uh, and even the northern border, the kind of undeclared war between Israel and Hezbollah that could escalate. It, today was a, a very uh, a day of a lot of uh, attacks uh, across that border, um, but you know that could escalate as well. Yeah. Well, Jordana Miller, we appreciate your report and just stay safe. Thank you so much. Talk soon. Headlines for this Monday afternoon, February 26th, snow flurries may follow severe weather Tuesday night. Record or near record high temperatures are likely today and tomorrow as temperatures soar into the upper 70s, lower 80s. Today's record high is 78, set back in 1996. 
Tomorrow's record high, 79, set in 1981. A very strong cold front will cross the region tomorrow night, bringing a chance for a few strong to severe storms. The timing is most likely in the 9 p.m. to 12 a.m. time frame in the metro St. Louis area, 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. for areas southeast of St. Louis. The main threat from these storms will be strong wind gusts in our area. Some flurries can't be ruled out before sunrise. That's all according to Fox 2. Snow. St. Louis, baby. It's St. Louis. Snow. I know. We were at the zoo yesterday. I think everybody was at the zoo yesterday. It was nuts. Yeah. It was nuts. I mean, just the cars trying to get, you know, into the zoo. Were you out about yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. It was was tough. We got there. We spent a whole day. It's nice. We're so lucky to have that place. And two meals. Um, They're doing something in the zoo right now. Like, they're putting up some decorations, and it looks like they're going to be lighted. It's the lantern thing. It's a Chinese is, lantern. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, it looks like it's, it's going to be, be so really cool. cool. When's that open? Mm, I'll find it. We'll but figure I, that out. Yeah. There, I mean, the announcement's been made. Well, I think next weekend's going to be nice again. It's going right? to be beautiful. Just, just got to get through this little, little snow cold snap, and then it <laughs> turns around again. After almost four years, Yale University is joining Dartmouth. To once again require SAT or ACT scores, mm-hmm. saying the change could help boost admittance for underprivileged students. Now, after the Supreme Court ruled affirmative action null and void, they're saying that we want to maintain a diverse student body, and they say that strong test scores can help boost students from low socioeconomic economic backgrounds. Trying to figure out how ACT scores is going to help poorer students but like money wise poorer students uh, and they're saying just blindly if they get a 36 on their ACT bumps them up to the top of the list well, no matter that's true. where they come from so is Mizzou still requiring this Connor last time you went there which was probably what the, la- the last ago? yeah the last time I was <laughs> applying went to so school that was just- even even longer ago been a minute. Years ago, yeah. Did they ask for uh, test scores? I think so. I gave yeah. them them. Right. Not SAT <laughs> though, uh, just ACT. Yeah, wow. for whatever reason, we don't do the SAT here. It's more of an East Mizzou. Coast thing. Is know. that what it is? It's I think so. Yeah, but uh, Yale and Dartmouth are going to start requiring the tests again. Thirty-acre Jefferson County site is ideal for intermodule development. The site is finally development ready after years of remediation work and the company that owns it says it already has entertained an offer for 850 million dollar battery manufacturing plant doe run resources inc the st louis-based mining company that owns the site expects this year to finish remediation of the land which previously housed a smelter clearing the way for new development after more than a decade of cleanup work it's located about 35 miles St. Louis in Herculaneum, two miles east of Interstate 55. The site is situated along the Mississippi River with barge access allowing for streamlined bulk and container shipping as well as rail and highway access within two miles of the waterfront, which makes it a perfect location. We'll wait and see what happens there. Hmm. And we are heading into Easter season. Have you been to the Walgreens lately? The Easter candy is already going up and back again for a second year. 
is the Dr. Pepper flavored Peep. I was going to say, are the Easter cards are all out as well. Yeah. So I, I could do without the Dr. Pepper. I could do without Peep. Peeps yeah. in general. I'm with you. It's, you know, Dr. Peeper. No, they don't say that, do they? No, I'm saying that. <laughs> <laughs> but the Peeps mimic the 23 flavors of Dr. Pepper, and you can buy them on sale now. At uh, CVS, Target, Walmart, Walgreens, you can find them out there. Hey, they, them. they got they, a lot of flavors. They're limited edition. I I just don't get. They got a rice crispy flavored peep, uh, a blue uh, raspberry icy flavored peep. You know, you, the kind you get at the movie theater. Yep. I'm going to yep. tell you. Obviously, people like it, or they wouldn't continue to make it. Yeah, I, I like peeps. You do. We've talked about this, haven't we? I like them. Just the regular peep. Don't people put them in the microwave? Yeah, I let them get stale for a day, oh, yeah. and then I eat them. Stale peeps. Yeah. Even better. Yeah. Even better. <laughs> I'll tell you what's better than all of that. The products that Together Credit Union offers, because this is a, a credit union, not a bank. It, they are working for their members, and Together Credit Union is City SC's official banking partner, which that's fantastic, too, because not only do you get a really cool debit card that has, you know, St. Louis SC on it, that comes with all kinds of benefits, which you can learn all about at org. but... As we are talking more and more about how do you save money, because sometimes we get stuck in our ways, and if it's not just automatically going into a savings account, we don't typically save it. Well, here's a couple of great ways. Together Credit Union is offering a guaranteed way to grow your money with not one but two limited-time CD promotions. The first one, an 11-month CD term with a 5.40% annual percentage yield. The second one is a 19-month CD term with a 5.00 percentage uh, annual percentage yield. I mean, both are fantastic options. Now, both of you do have to have a minimum balance of $1,000, but once you start, you just sit back and watch your money grow. Again, you can see all the fantastic programs offered at Together Credit Union. Just go to togethercu.org. Coming up, We're going to talk to somebody who has actually crunched the numbers. Is it better for your wallet to stream or should you stick with cable? Those answers after this. So many of us have cut the cord trying to save money only to end up spending a lot on several streaming services. Courtney Jackson is senior streaming editor at CNET. She has crunched the numbers and joins us with a breakdown between cable and streaming. Thanks for your time. Hi, Heidi. Thank you for having me. So first it was the NFL playoff games. Over the weekend I watched the SAG Awards, and for the first time they were on Netflix. Is this the new trend? More and more things are only going to be on a specific streaming service? Definitely. Um, The trend that we're seeing is that a lot of these platforms are starting to buy the licensing rights to stream live content. So when you combine that with what they already have in their on-demand libraries, it's kind of hard to resist having at least one streaming service, you know, on for the month. Yeah. Is it just greed or are there other factors contributing to the rise in streaming costs? I wouldn't say it's, it's greed. Um, two things come into play here. One is 
the amount of money it costs to create content. So you'll see that with original releases like Stranger Things um, and some of these movies and other TV shows that we enjoy on streaming service platforms. The other thing is licensing rights. So that costs when you want to acquire titles from, let's say, a provider like Warner Brothers. We're starting to see some of those titles on Netflix, and Netflix has to pay money for that. The other thing, again, is live sports programming, which, as you just mentioned, we're seeing across Peacock and Prime Video. So Disney owns Star Wars now, and they own Indiana Jones, and they own all the Disney stuff and the Pixar So they are just kind of making an agreement with themselves. And now that you have, um, you know, Peacock with Universal, they create their own content. Netflix is trying to do that, but Amazon bought MGM. These people uh, don't really have to pay. Amazon doesn't have to pay MGM to show the James Bond movies. Is that eventually going to leave Netflix out in the cold? Uh, Paramount, also a a content creator, huge archives. Now they have their own streaming. Everyone is putting up their own stuff. Is that going to leave Netflix holding the bag, either having to pay a ton of money for already licensed stuff or having to just create their own content? I don't think so. But one thing you will see is that Netflix will become more competitive in terms of its offerings. Uh, We're seeing that. Well, one, let me mention this. They already have the most subscribers. Um, Year after year, competition is going up among its rivals, as we've seen with Max and Disney+. Plus. But Netflix is still the most subscribed to streaming service all across the board. Um, The other thing is they are trying to become more competitive. That's why they're doing, they're testing the waters with these live streams, which like the SAG Awards, they have an upcoming tennis match that's going to air next month. Um, But I think what they're counting on is for people to sort of subscribe to their ad-based platform because Ah. they get money from advertising. So that's another stream of revenue for them, but also the paid sharing that they launched last year. So you know, the extra fee that customers must pay um, if they want to share their account outside of their household. And you said Netflix has the biggest subscriber base. And is that because they've been around the longest? I'll tell you point blank. We haven't watched Netflix in months, yet I'm still paying for it. Uh, I haven't gotten around to signing up for Paramount Plus because it's relatively newer Is Netflix the biggest just because they've been around the longest and we haven't gotten around to canceling it yet? I think that's an important factor. Absolutely. I mean, on a global scale, they have subscribers from all over the world, whereas Hulu is based in the U.S. with some subscribers in Japan. So not every streaming service has launched in every territory across the globe. Plus, Netflix does have a leg up because it's kind of been the pioneer. Mm-hmm. And I would say Netflix is starting to put out a few uh, great shows. Griselda is, in my opinion, a great one. So how important is that new content? Well, it all depends on you as the customer and the viewer. You really get to decide, is a streaming service worth your dollars every month? Do you really need that subscription? One of the things that we do is we advise people to sort of take a look every month 
see what releases are coming out on each platform, and then sort of determine which services you should keep and which ones you should, you should cancel. The advantage in that over cable is that your streaming subscriptions are on a month-to-month basis. You don't get penalized for canceling early. So are we still better off cutting the cord, or should we have cable and we'd save more money? Right now, as it stands, in most cases, streaming will still save you the most money. Where where you will see that cost go up is if you have to have live sports. So, for example, um, YouTube TV and Hulu Plus Live TV are examples of two services that offer live streaming. So that means you can watch your games, whatever the league is, whether it's NFL, NBA, you can watch it live on any network. Um, But those will cost you money as opposed to getting a regular cable provider. But see, it all depends on what you're willing to spend. The flip side of that is if you're someone who has to watch local games through an RSN, you're going to wind up paying more whether you have a live TV streaming service or a cable package. Mm -hmm. Now, I've got Hulu Live, but I I bundle that with Disney and uh, ESPN+. Heidi's Mm -hmm. got YouTube TV. I know that they're streamers and they call them streamers, but Hulu Live, I get Comedy Central, I get the the cable news channels, I get the same with YouTube TV. Same with YouTube. These are cable providers in in everything but name. Right, essentially that that's what it is, but here's where you'll save the money. Because these streaming platforms don't charge you extra for, let's say, the RSNs, the broadcast TV fees, equipment fees, and even, let's say, early termination fees, you're still going to save in the long run. That's very interesting. How come those regional sports networks, we're having that problem right now, neither Heidi or I can watch a Cardinal baseball game. How come the regional sports networks never made a deal with YouTube and Hulu? And, you know, that's a question everyone wants to know, and it it doesn't mean that it can't happen in the future. You see what just happened with the NFL playoff game where Peacock streamed it this year, but next year Prime Video has those rights. So sometimes these rights are up for grabs, and it all depends on who's the highest bidder. Yeah, I guess we'll just sit back and watch. Courtney Jackson, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. And she says average monthly cost of cable – Premium cable TV and internet is two hundred and seventeen mm-hmm. bucks. That to me, I'm astounded. You think that's a lot? That is way too much. And and when I was still in the cable game, we would do AT and T for two years. And when they jacked the price up, I'd go back to Spectrum. Except a lot of these cable companies charge you when you do that. There's also a fee to get out of it early. So you have to read all of that fine print. As she was pointing out, I can cancel YouTube at any time. I don't have to ship back the equipment because it's streaming. I don't have to do any of that, which makes it a lot easier in my opinion. It's fourth. You know, another one of the benefits of YouTube TV or Hulu Live is, I don't know if you've used it when you go down to your condo. In uh, Gulf Shores, you can log into the TV and still continue to watch your favorite news channel and have all of your favorites right there. I mean, that's one of the many great things about that. I mean, you can set up a uh, trip with Altair Travel and be in Las Vegas if you want to and want to know what's happening in St. Louis and plug in your YouTube, you know, password. 
Let's go back, though, to the traveling, wherever you are, wherever you want to go. Altair Travel can really help with all of that. I I don't care if it is uh, just flying out to see your grandkids. Altair Travel and Cruises have so many partners that they can get you often a better deal than you've ever thought about getting. And the thing about using Altair, they don't cost you anything extra. On the flip side, they actually can save you money because let's say you want to go to an all-inclusive. Well, they've worked with so many all-inclusives all over that they can not only suggest one, but they can tell you about all of the, you know, great restaurants at a particular place, or here's what time you want to get to the beach to save a chair. The professionalism is one thing, just the ins and outs and the knowing about a specific place, that's priceless in my opinion. Altair Travel and Cruises has more than 40 different agents and as you spread that all around throughout the years, they have been everywhere. They've done that. They've taken the cruises. They've taken the trips on land as far as the excursion. So whether you want to do something adventurous, if you're looking for a romantic getaway for the sh- just the two of you, if you're wanting to do the family thing and go to Disney, Altair Travel and Cruises needs to be your first phone call, 314-968-9600. You can also check out the featured trips at altairtravel.com. So, when the Killers first came out, two thousand four, two thousand five ish, I saw them at the pageant. Yeah, we were right. You know, I must have been had my finger on the pulse back then. But they had one album, and they played the album, and that was it. Yeah, and it was like, oh, okay. Well, there was the album. I guess they haven't written any new songs yet. <laughs> but, you know, that's what happens. Did they put on a good show, though? Oh, it was great. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know they'll be awesome in Forest Park for Evolution Festival. Speaking of Forest Park, beautiful weather. You mentioned you were at the zoo, but things to do in the garden this week. I know people are getting antsy, and we did talk about a chance of uh, snow. But you can go ahead and remove dead and winter-damaged, like, Things you can kind of clean things up, uh, cut or mow, uh, everbearing raspberries close to the ground level this time of year, which I didn't realize. You can begin to apply crabgrass preventers to establish the the turf when the temperature of the top inch of soil is above fifty degrees. We've had that. You can scatter some grass seed on those thinner spots, sow seeds uh, of the Hardy annuals. Can I put grass seed down now? This is what it's saying. Hmm. That yeah. was that was the thing I forgot to do yeah. in the fall. Um, they also say that you can put up your purple martin houses this week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and apply some acidic mulches, such as pine needles or shredded pine or oak bark over the root zones. Do purple martins help with mosquitoes? Is that is that their appeal? Is the purple martin? I don't know. I think there's one. I was thinking that was just bats. Yeah, bird that you can invite into your your neighborhood, and that would help with the mosquito. We got bad mosquitoes out in Newtown. I mean, Already? We, well, they're every summer, but you know, technically we were on a floodplain. You know, yeah. we're pretty low lying out there. It was um, crazy sitting out on the patio yesterday watching some basketball. There were already I saw. Wasp or two. I mean, things are already emerging, yeah. which is crazy. I saw little mosquitoes in the mm, house already. No. Uh, we were at the zoo, 
And I, I asked my wife, I said, should I get a job at the zoo? Doing what? You know, I don't know. But, like, it's you get outside. You get some fresh air. You you kind of get your hands dirty. You feel like you did something. You don't kind of get your hands dirty. Well, you really get your hands dirty. And you this do goes, have to have a degree. This goes back to the uh, construction uh, shop job you said you, you loved back in the day. Uh, I work at the, the hardware, hardware store. store. Yeah. You know, you break a sweat. Uh, and my wife said, well, lucky for you, spring's coming up and you can work in the yard. Exactly. And I said, well, that's not what you're talking about. Yeah, that's well, I different. Get, I don't get paid for that. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, somebody said purple martins eat thousands of mosquitoes at yeah. night. Yeah. Okay. See? Yeah. I might have to put up a purple martin house. I know. Somebody said they saw air supply at River City Casino. Uh, they're still good at 74, 75. You know, some of these are just... They're never going to be uh, bad as far as that goes. And they just do something that's different. They had such delicate voices. I yeah. wonder if they, they can still maintain that. Mm, they said they were still great. You know, last week, I mentioned that I didn't have cell service for, I felt like forever. I think it was four or five hours. And now AT&T is going to reimburse customers for that outage. $5. Wish it was a little bit more, but I'll take the five bucks. Five bucks? Yeah. It's kind of like a what, a class action suit where you get like 79 cents. I have one of those against Adidas that I haven't claimed. Yeah. It's like 81 cents. I got one in the mail just last week for 69 cents. I don't even remember what it's from. Schnooks put out one. I think I got 11 bucks. Whoa. Well, this says the $5 might not seem like much, but they say the average cost of a full day of service is five bucks. Right, it's sixty bucks a month, average thirty days. But it's two bucks a day. Yeah. So it's over, over market value. So that's kind of cool. Somebody so how said, do, do I put in for this? How do I put in? If for you're this? an AT and T customer, it's already going to be already going to be okay. Yes. Um, Purple Martins help with mosquitoes. Josh would know this if he had coffee meetings with the guys. Oh, so the guys? That's what guys talk about when they have coffee together? Somebody said they eat 2,000 mosquitoes per day. But you know what I love about this text from the 314? I love that you guys don't just tune in and out. Like you are, you bring things back up to us that we talked about last week or the week before, and I absolutely love that. We so have thank six you. text messages about Purple Martins. Oh, and now I'm going to have to put up a house. Is there anything else I need to know? I didn't even realize that they were a thing. A thing. They're a bird, right? That's what we're Purple talking Martins? about. Purple Martins? Yeah. They're a bird. Well, you don't remember the song, Purple Martins, no. Majesty Above the Fruited Plains, right? Is that really the lyrics? I don't think so. <laughs> it can't be. Isn't it, it's ma- isn't it mountains? Uh, oh, is it? Uh, yeah. Well, I've been singing <laughs> the wrong words this whole time. All the, we were talking about that last night on the patio, too, how many songs we get wrong. Um, this is an interesting new study, and sometimes... And I know we've talked about this in the past. Like, who pays for these studies? Because this seems like a ridiculous one. But uh, Dodgeball, the movie. Yes. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Well, who was was that? Rip Torn. Yeah. Which was, is, I think the character's name was Patches O'Houlihan. Um, right. He was the the weather dodgeball coach. I've always said this. Rip Torn. It's a strange name. But Rip Taylor uh-huh. is a strange guy. Yes. Rip yes, he is. Taylor should have been named Rip Torn, yeah. and Rip Torn should have been That's named Rip Taylor. That's a great point. <laughs> but this new uh, study 
says that that science is wrong. It's actually harder to dodge a ball than a wrench. It's all about the density of the object. A wrench is going to cut through the air in a straight line, make it easy to predict where it goes. Of course, a ball has a low mass and high surface area, meaning that the air has much more of an effect on it, and the spin will add to that. So there's always going to be some sort of spin on the ball, whether the thrower intends to or not. So it's much more likely that the ball will curve in one direction or the other before it gets to you making it harder to dodge. But it's probably easier to catch the ball. Well, yes. I'm not, is don't a, try to catch a wrench. That's a not flying, flipping wrench. That is not part of this study. It's just <laughs> who thought to you know what? We should test that out. Mm-hmm. You just stand move from a movie from 20 years ago. When, when did that come out, Connor? What does that say? Uh, it was 04. Yeah, so 20, oh, 20, 20 years ago. Man. Maybe that's the backlog of of. Pointless studies. Maybe. Is, just now getting around. Great movie, though, which you've was never seen, I don't think. Was it good? You've, yeah, you've is never it seen great, it. Which is would you said great, great movie? movie? Well, it's, it's, it's great. You know, it's a. Uh, Vince Vaughn and Ben Stiller. Yeah. But is yeah. this eight the frat year pack? old Connor saying this is great? Well, or this is the eight year old Connor, Connor wasn't allowed to watch it because it was oh, rated R. But uh, yeah, it, it was. You know it, what he was saying? It was One really funny. I'm going to watch that movie. It's funny, it's stupid, but it's good. Okay. Yeah, I'm, you just uh, stress, stress the, stupid, the stupid. Yeah, just I'm, <laughs> I'm out. You uh, mentioned if I was out and about this weekend, and I was. I went to the RV show. Oh yeah, and, yes. Oh, it was packed. So many people. And I saw so many people. Did you say hi to Warren? So I, I couldn't find him, but oh, I saw. No. Said hi to Sammy. She was there. Sammy's in charge of the new storage facility, and uh, they had a lot of people there. And we walked in. And out of so many RVs, we did see the one that Warren was talking about—the little, uh, you know, the small trailer that has the tent on top, and there's like this big ladder. I should have sent, taken a picture and sent it to you. There are so many RVs and so many cool ones, and they—I mean, they you were buying something. Nope, but I am uh, only the stuff at the uh, parts store with Byerly because there's a couple things that I need there. Was oh, did you, did you get your toilet paper? <laughs> no, we waited because I'm going to go get my RV from Byerly here in a couple of weeks. So it was at the convention center? Yeah. and it Which was, is under construction right now. What are they doing? I had never uh, – it's there's almost like a new building oh, they yeah. put up. So oh, I, yeah. That's the whole thing right now, and they need more money to finish it. Well, um, that was all outside, inside. I mean, did RV. Did pull those RVs in there? Yes, and it's like not even inches between them. But what I'm saying is if – you were there, and you're still thinking about it. Pull the trigger. I mean, Byerly knows what they're doing, and every single you know person you can kind of overhearing. They're talking about fun places they've been and sharing the stories, and it really is just getting out and about and seeing something different. And Byerly has so many options. Whether you're looking for something to to pull with whatever vehicle you have, you will find that. I mean, some of them, you know the the pull behind trailers you know 1200 pounds maybe that you can pull with your subaru or your forerunner but then they have massive fifth wheels and gas and diesel motorhomes there were a couple that had like a bath and a half so you have the half bath up front where you're going to have guests and then you go back in the back and you have double sinks i mean it's just a you 
you've got ceiling fans, you've got pendulant lights, you've got all kinds of cool things, and you can find it all at Byerly RV. Just uh, swing by. They're right there in Eureka off 109. Uh, or go to BuyerlyRV.com, see what they have in stock. You'll be amazed. And then if you did pull the trigger, even if it wasn't with Byerly RV, don't forget that that brand-new storage facility is open right now. It's located right next to the dealership. It is unlike anything that I have seen. And since it's indoor, it's climate-controlled, it is really going to take care of your prized possession, the paint job, the tires, the roof. It's uh, really a great deal. And, again, you can learn more at BuyerlyRV.com. The Supreme Court heard arguments for and against laws passed by GOP-led states that would sanction social media companies from censoring political views. Andy Field, ABC News correspondent in Washington, has the latest on that. So they're just hearing this. Have they weighed in on anything yet? Well, the, the from what the justices and the questions they were asking, it, it appears that more of them are against Texas and Florida trying to tell social media companies what they can and cannot put on their websites. Uh, this was all brought about really because of Donald Trump in the 2020 election where Twitter kicked Donald Trump offline and many social media sites took uh, some conservative voices off the air or not off the air, but offline uh, because they claimed they were inciting riots and uh, violence as well as trying to overturn the government. So uh, Texas and Florida have conservative Republican legislators and uh, governors, and they're not happy about this. They're not happy about social media, they claim, silencing conservative voices. So they passed a law saying you can't do that. Well, now it's in the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court's most conservative justices don't seem to be siding with the conservatives in these states. Uh, The questions they asked and the truths that they put out there include the fact that the First Amendment of the Constitution, the freedom of press, freedom of speech, says that the government can make no law regulating speech. And... It doesn't say anything about private organizations, which is what Facebook and Twitter and others can. Uh, You know, you can liken this to belonging to a local country club that says everyone has to wear a blue shirt. And if you wear a red shirt, well, we're going to kick you out. Well, you know what? If you don't follow their rules, they're going to kick you out. And there's not a whole lot they can do about it. That's not uh, government regulating free speech. That's a private organization doing that. That's a very interesting comparison. Back when uh, people were kind of getting booted, were there any liberals that were kicked off, or did they really focus on conservatives and, you know, inciting riots? Well, I don't think – well, if you talk to the people at Facebook, and there have certainly been a whole lot of hearings about this and Instagram and Twitter and such, that your political affiliation wasn't the issue. It was are you trying to incite violence? Are you – Um, spreading hatred? Are you doing things that could incite others to do harm to other people? And if you are, you can't be on their platform. Uh, It just so happened that a whole lot of those folks were people who were supporting Donald Trump at the time. Do we know how quickly we'll have a ruling? 
Well, it, it, we don't know. I mean, it, it, if they're all in agreement, we could have a ruling next week. But it's likely that it probably will drag out until when all the big important rulings that we tend to hear come at the end of the session for the Supreme Court, which is usually the end of June. All right. Anything else happen in Washington we need to know about? No, everything's fine here. Everything's good. Budget's been passed. <laughs> no, 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 we know hasn't. better than that. <laughs> no, actually, that's that's another big issue. The end of this week, uh, we could face a government shutdown because for let's see, they've done this three times now. They did it in September, they did it Thanksgiving, they did it in January, and now they're going to do it again mm. because they're not going to meet this March first deadline where four of the major funding areas of the government uh, won't have funding anymore, and they're going to have to either pass yet another temporary spending bill, which puts Mike Johnson's job in jeopardy, the same thing that Kevin McCarthy got the boot for, or they have a government shutdown, which most Republicans think is going to hurt them more than it's going to hurt Democrats because the Democrats are ready to pass these bills. Yep. All right. Well, we'll keep our eye on it, Andy. Thank you so much, Andy Field, ABC News. Um, I, I don't understand why people have such a hard time with the First Amendment. Um, well, I think because it's tricky, and, it, I, and it, I think it's the way that it is interpreted by so many different people. We all interpret things just as if you and I were at the same party on Saturday. The way you tell the story and the way I tell the story is going to be different. Yeah, mine's much funnier. Uh, but it's <laughs> – See how that fell? And, and see who's laughing. I know, me. Well, you know, I'm here to entertain myself first and foremost. We know. But uh, freedom of speech just means that for the most part, you can say whatever you want without getting arrested by the government. And that's kind of it. You you don't get the freedom of speech and be able to keep your job. You know, I can't say whatever I want and ha- and just go, well, Mr. Dorsey, freedom of speech. You no, can't fire you me. You can't fire me. And, you know, these private companies that, that, that Facebook hosts you, but... They have a terms of service. They could kick you off whenever whenever they want to. And you have absolutely no recourse, at least legally, as far as I'm concerned. So it's, it's not that hard. Uh, you can say whatever you want and not be persecuted uh, and go to jail, but you don't necessarily get the right to be on Twitter. Yeah. All right, coming up in the 5 o'clock, we've got the top five at five. We've got some entertainment news, and then we'll wrap this Monday up with a couple randoms. And now, and now, the, the top, top five at five. five. News five. from around the room. In a hospital in Argentina, a wonderful initiative is giving babies a more natural environment when they are born into circumstances that are anything but. You know, often, if a baby is in NICU, they're placed in an incubator, and maybe mom and dad aren't there due to work, maybe uh, injury, maybe substance abuse. Anyway, there's now a team of volunteer huggers who take two-hour shifts holding babies in their arms to benefit their growth so they aren't left too long in the incubator. Scientific literature shows that holding babies speeds up their neurological development, helps them gain weight, acclimate to the world, and even sleep more soundly. And for this reason, the Provincial Maternity Hospital in Argentina welcomes 50 volunteer huggers to spend time hugging prematurely born babies or those whose mothers are absent. The team consists of 49 women and one man. 200 applicants are on the waiting list. That's how popular this program is. 
one of the uh, volunteer huggers who's a retired public teacher said, I want the babies to be certain that since they were born, they've been loved and accepted. It's amazing how uh, incredible they are. They just have such a desire to live. Nancy, who is the head of the maternity neotology department, said that 1,500 of the 5,200 babies born in their hospital every year require a period in the NICU, and about 15% of these need to be hugged for one reason or another. A child is less stressed because they're in someone's arms. They can regulate their temperature more easily, are less prone to sleep apnea, and gain weight faster compared to if they weren't linked to anyone. Many of the volunteers are moms themselves, and they admit that the love they give the hospital infants through their hugging is a different sort. It's deeply fulfilling and rewarding, but in a different way than what they experience with their own babies. It's part of the hospital's overall focus on human-centered neonatal care and a beautiful reminder of the power of love and humanity in a situation when the baby is surrounded by technology and strangers. Man, that would be a really cool job. We have something similar here, I know, because I had a friend who would volunteer to just hold babies. And that's something that, you know, when my wife is feeling that tug of having another one, why don't you just go to the hospital and spend a couple hours hugging the babies? Now, they don't just let you in like that, Josh. Get out of your system. Not not the same. Well, get her pre-screened. Yeah, okay. There's no viewing area. Yeah. Is there is there a job where you could go out and just hang out with a bunch of puppies all day? Oh, I'm sure there is. I mean, mm. it's called going to stray rescue or any – they're yeah, always like, looking yeah, for I'm volunteers. I'm sure there's plenty of volunteer yeah. opportunities at yeah. the shelters. But Somebody they, said yeah. the NICU at Mercy has had cuddlers for decades just go to the hospital and volunteer office. Yeah, that's cute. There you go. It's very cute. If I went to stray rescue, they'd probably ask me to clean one of the cages. Well, yeah, that's going to be part of it. The trade-off. That's the trade-off. You might have to be a volunteer for a couple of years, show your determination. and. Well, you it's, know. it's called taking care of the animals, Josh. Yeah. Not yeah. just the good stuff. Does the NICU huggers, do they change the diapers? I doubt it. Yeah. Um, here's a wild story about insider trading. Now, I don't know much about insider trading. I know that our Congress people do it all the time, legally somehow. Uh, and Martha Stewart went to jail for a couple months mm-hmm. because she got caught. There was a guy whose wife worked for BP, and they were in the process of doing some sort of merger. I saw this. Travel Centers of America. You know, you're driving down the highway and you see the Travel Centers of America rest stops and all that stuff. Apparently, during the pandemic, when everybody was working from home, he and his wife worked 20 feet from each other. He would hear all of her conversations mm-hmm. about a merger, about impending this. She was she was in charge. She was in the mergers and acquisitions department. She was in charge of doing the due diligence of checking to see if, if this is a viable option. Who knows if they even talked about it afterwards. I'm sure there's some sort of code when it comes to to this. But he decided to go out and buy stock right before the merger was announced. The stock price went up 76%. I think he made $1.8 million in profit. 
off of this stock purchase. How did he think he was going to get away with this? I don't know. You know, I'll have to talk to Jeff Zufall about it, maybe uh, for the Keep What's Your Show on the weekend. When somebody makes a good windfall on a on a stock pick, who's there to look into whether they're related intimately with someone on the mergers and acquisitions board? I think the SEC handles those things. But how do they pick and choose who to actually look into? Uh, I think it's about like the timing of your purchase. You know, right? Oh, you sold your stock right before. Right. A big thing. Let's well, you bought it. one day before it went up 76%. Right. That's weird. And if I remember correctly from my training, it's all about where the information is coming from, right? So he heard it from his wife, who he knew was on the team. So he knew he knew she would have privileged information. Yes. So, like, if you overheard this woman at, like, a restaurant talking about this, but you had no idea who she was— and you decided to act on it, I'm pretty sure that wouldn't fall under. You'd slide through. You would slide through because so, you, you don't know that she knows. You just are hearing something and acting on it. Okay. But I could be wrong. Well, she got but, fired. But of course, he's <laughs> going to know his wife works for this place yes. and it, that it, it's clearly insider, insider trading. She was fired. He's facing up to five years in jail and a $250,000 fine. And, oh, yeah, they have since gotten divorced. But man, uh, this guy, and and he said that he just wanted to have enough money so his wife could work less hectic hours on the mergers and acquisitions board for BP. So Mm. he's probably going to jail, and she lost her job, and and they are since divorced. Sounds like a good reason, though. Why would they get divorced, right? Why? Because she lost her job. She lost her job. Right. Yeah, no. Right. Thanks a lot, honey. Appreciate yeah. it. Where, uh, where was he going to tell her he got the $1.8 million right. from? Gambling. Uh, <laughs> yeah, gambling. <laughs> went down to the tracks. Yeah, I got on a real heater. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, an Italian company called Nutrinsect is a startup that is bringing insect-based protein to supermarket shelves right now. It's cricket-based flour that I guess they kind of grind up the meat and mix it with flour, and they want this to be the primary method of they want to really, you know at some point replace all you know the regular flour that you would use uh, because they say it has more protein, it's better for you, and it's cheaper to make. What do, what do I use flour for? Well, it depends. I mean, some people even use it as a thickening agent for your chili. A lot of yeah, I mean, yeah. They, I mean, any baked goods, right? Yeah. You would do use that of, for. Don't do a lot of baking I mean, with ground-up crickets. Even to well, no, but you do it with flour, right? So you would use this for it. like noodles. Uh, you know, it would be. So would I go to the store? Yes. And buy cricket bread. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, or cricket noodles. Yeah. Cricket pasta. Uh, they say. And what's the benefit to this? Well, they say it has all these you know protein and health benefits of eating meat rather than just eating regular old. So I'd stop uh, eating meat, but I'd just well, eat cricket bread. You'd eat, you know, when you eat pasta, that doesn't have a lot of nutritional value, mm-hmm. right? So the idea is this would have nutritional value, but, it, you know, it's much better for the environment and cheaper to do than having, you know, a lot of cows around. It's like one-tenth of the water consumption. Okay. Uh, All right. I'll give you, I'll give you a, a, an example. Last night we did stuffed peppers. 
but we're on this diet, okay? So instead of rice, we used cauliflowered, riced cauliflower. Oh, I use it all the time. Have you ever done that? All the time. I, if you didn't tell me, I would never have known the difference. Yeah. And you can choose that now in so many different, like uh, the poke bowls that I get. You can have cauliflower rice in that. In that instead of regular. Because mm-hmm. I don't think that there's much in the way of nutritional value in rice. Um, but if you didn't know any better and it didn't taste no, like crickets. I, I doubt you would <laughs> Well, no, they, the say, they, they say the taste ends up being kind of like a pumpkin seed or hazelnutty. Mm, yeah, everybody loves pumpkin or, spice. Or, you know, if you get more of a seed, the meat yeah. itself kind of tastes like a prawn or shrimp, I guess. Those are kind of similar flavors. And when you think oh, about it, shrimp are, kind of, shrimp are kind of the bugs of the sea. Right. Definitely. Uh, so, you know, it, it doesn't seem crazy. I don't think uh, it's crazy Heidi? either. Somebody says this sounds gross. That's what they, they say their biggest hurdle is. Cricket noodles? Yes. They say their biggest hurdle is getting people to just I mean, it's already been done it. in other countries. Uh, yeah, in the EU, just to prove this, you know, for every country in the EU. So it's, they say the biggest hurdle is people thinking it's dirty or there's, you know, there's insects in it, which is true. Well, I guess, there is. But <laughs> it's not like they're like, is, there's not going to be grubs walking, you know, crawling through. Right. The it's going to be processed the same right. way. Oh, boy. So uh, I don't know. I would try it. I would try it. A woman by the name of Bailey wanted to splurge on a little online luxury, but what she was sent was more than fishy. In a now viral TikTok video, Bailey, a Nashville area resident, recounted her experience ordering a Dolce & Cabana ashtray from a luxury retailer, Saks Fifth Avenue, and received something that more than surprised her. Dolce & Cabana ashtray? Mm-hmm. Instead of that ashtray, she got a can of tuna. She said, hello, everyone. I made a TikTok account just so that I could share what happened to me because I am the most perplexed and confused I've ever been in my entire life. After her order was delivered, she says she opened her Saks branded package, pulled out a black Dolce & Gabbana box, and removed the cellophane wrapping. When I opened it, this is what I found, a can of albacore tuna. I don't know if someone from the warehouse took it. And replaced it, did some cellophane with a hairdryer. I don't know, but this is the most, she used an expletive, um, expletive, expensive can of tuna I've ever bought. The video has now been seen by more than 1.3 million people. And uh, they, of course, are now empathizing and sharing their own experiences with online retail return scams. Somebody said that uh, Saks sent me used prefer perfume even though i'd paid 450 dollars. someone else said my daughter bought a an expensive 500 dollars bag when she received the box it was carefully sliced in a different spot and the bag removed Saks mill is a target for heightened theft so for its part Saks says that after an investigation into this particular order for the ashtray its team identified that the tuna can sent her was a fraudulent return we take our customers uh, experience very seriously, a Saks rep said. Luxury continues to be a target given its high price points. So, so someone ordered this. Yes. Took it out of the box. Yes. Put a can of tuna back in the box and returned it and said, "Oh, I don't want it anymore." And so, I guess then Saks put or, it back on the shelf and then just shipped it out. And this is apparently is happening a lot. Uh, 
I, to be clear, she is going to get a replacement order sent to her, but they often order expensive bags, keep the real one, replace it with a fake one, and then get the refund. So they have the bag and the refund. Oh, like they go and buy a fake bag. Yes. Which I have been told mm-hmm. looks really, really, really good. good. Specifically related to returns, that's on the rise when it comes to fraud and re- returns. Uh, retailers estimated that 13.7% of returns were fraudulent in 2023. That's about $101 billion, billion in tuna cans, if you were going to add it up that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Counterfeit project, products and other items showing up in consumers' packages. During the holiday season, that rose to 16.5. But just kind wow. of crazy and an elaborate scheme, if you will. It almost sounds like maybe somebody is leading that charge. Just to have it wrapped up perfectly again, it sounds like it's not just your average Joe. I try to return something to Saks. My wife got perfume, and it was very misleading on the website. She got the wrong stuff, and they wouldn't take it back. Perfume is not? Not returnable. Well, and I guess I threw the box away. Oh, well, mm. then you definitely well, so can't. No, you're, you're not going to get it back after that. But see, well, couldn't you dump the perfume into something else and then just fill it up with water and send it back? I mean, if I was one of these people. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, Dolce & Gabbana ashtrays, $495 yeah. on the Saks website. People still buy ashtrays? There maybe are still maybe smokers. It's like a, maybe it's like a collector yeah, thing. maybe it's didn't, like a... Didn't Jennifer Blum used to collect ashtrays, collect ashtrays or something like that? She collected TV, she collected TV lamps. <laughs> yeah, super cool. Uh, but doesn't Nordstrom take anything back? I don't know. Or aren't they famous? I, I they think take that's back a story, tires? but I don't know that that's true. I, I've never had an issue at Nordstrom. But the lady at Saks was not feeling me that day, apparently. Um, well, if you don't have the box... Well... I threw the box out because yeah, but, we thought it was the right perfume. And then when she wore it a couple times, she realized it's the wrong perfume. It was very confusing on the website. I think they should have taken it back. Anyway, McDonald's, filet of fish mm-hmm. Do you know how it got started? I do not. Well, here's the story. 1962, franchisee Lou Grone lived in Cincinnati heavily Catholic Cincinnati, mm-hmm. and noticed that cheeseburger sales were down on Fridays during Lent. Smart. So he went out and invented the filet of fish He convinced McDonald's to test a breaded whitefish sandwich to help satisfy customers who abstain from meat on Fridays during Lent, and they started selling this in Cincinnati. He was barely doing $300 in daily sales on Fridays at the time of the filet of fish And his son said, my father needed that fish sandwich to survive and compete against all the other restaurants. Interestingly enough, at the exact same time, McDonald's founder Ray Kroc had another meatless alternative idea called the Hula Burger. The what? The Hula Burger. It consisted of a piece of grilled pineapple served on a bun with cheese. Mm-mm. And his hula burger did not last the year. Yeah. But the filet of fish 
became part of the menu, not just during Lent, but full-time part of the menu starting in 1965. Nationally added the filet of fish and it was the first new product ever added to the chain's original menu. Really? A filet of fish. Priced at 29 cents. Whoa. 1965. 29 cents. Are you going to eat one? No. Are you going to eat one? Coming? What about a double filet of fish, Heidi? They no. have those now. Mm-mm. That looks two filets. That looks doubly gross. Uh, but you I eat love, them, Connor. A filet of right? fish is good. I'm just not, I don't do a lot of I, fried. I have had one. I don't like. The ratio with the cheese and the tartar sauce. It, oh, no, it see, feels, that's what I like. Yeah, some people don't get cheese on it. No, I need more weird. cheese. Oh, you need more and cheese. And less tartar sauce, and, and uh, I love the tartar sauce. Yeah. And there's there's like there's like half a slice of cheese. Just give me the full slice. Yeah, it is half a slice. Yeah. This says bun, tartar sauce, breaded fish, and half slice of cheese. Why? why, why give me the do, full yeah, slice. Why only they do half slice? Yeah. Uh, it is made of Alaskan Pollock these days. Connor said it should be made of Asian carp because we have an abundance. Why not? We have an abundance. That's, That's to me worse than the crickets. That was Harp? the story last year. Really? Uh-huh. What they say? It's good. They say it's I good. Know. It tastes I just know. like any other white. Do you fish. have catfish? No, oh, I do not. You don't. Mm-mm. Oh, Unlike never mind. Other fast food fish offerings, which appear only during Lent, the fillet of fish remains on the menu year round, and a full twenty five percent of all fillet of fish sandwiches are sold during forty days of Lent. Wow. So, who are the other 75% that are getting a filet of fish in September? I don't know. When did uh, Long John Silvers come about? Were they upset by this move or did they Ooh. Did they start, you know, hey, they're selling a fish sandwich. What if we they're only sold? They're entering our territory. It's funny, I love Long John Silver, but I always get the chicken planks. Now, is that what? true? Yeah. Okay, yeah. now that's funny. I here's, love the chicken planks. Here's something I think we can all agree on. <laughs> One of the first things that catches your eye when you are cruising around looking at houses, the front door. And that is the easiest way to kind of change the look of your home if you're wanting to really add a little extra something. Dalco Home Remodeling custom makes their doors and windows, and they do it right here in the Show Me State. Not just front doors. Dalco can do sliding doors. French doors, any kind of door you have. They can also be custom painted or stained to match whatever it is that you already have going on with your outside decor. Now, when it comes to windows, they're energy-saving vinyl replacement windows. So, yeah, you might put play a little money up front, but you're going to save money on your energy bills. But, again, every project at Dalco Home Remodeling is handled with intention and care and their windows also made right here in the Show Me State. So if you are looking to add a little something to your house to change the look of your house, Dalco Home Remodeling is it. Their slogan, you probably know it already. If you buy somewhere else and find out how much you could have saved at Dalco, you'll blow your, blow stack. your stack. That's right. So don't blow your stack. Call Dalco first, 314-298-7300. You can also uh, go to DalcoHomeRemodeling.com. How about a little entertainment news? Billie Eilish signed Melissa McCarthy's forehead at the SAG Awards over the weekend, the 30th Annual Screen Actors Guild Awards were held Saturday and streamed live on Netflix, a first for the show and the streamer, which freed it up to be different from other award shows. No bleeps, you got the real deal, and no commercials. 
Saturday night's winners were familiar to those who have been following awards season. Actors from The Bear, Oppenheimer, and Beef took home statues as expected. And then projected front runners uh, like Lily Gladstone from Killers of the Flower Moon and Divine Joy Randolph from The Holdovers also took home trophies. I thought the award show was pretty fantastic. Jennifer Aniston and Bradley Cooper also introduced Barbara Streisand, who had a pretty moving speech. So it was the stars were out. And what day was it on? Saturday night. You were busy. Oh, doing the Carney thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I would have even known to look on Netflix. Well, I told you on Friday. Well, I know. But but, other than that. But this is, is this going to be how it goes in the future? Maybe. Because I'm, I always say this, I'm a flipper. Mm -hmm. I like to flip around uh, channel surfing. And if, if Netflix isn't pulled up. While I'm flipping, then, then it might as well not even exist. Yeah. Didn't the Golden Globes just go back to regular broadcast? Like they were on Hulu only, and then now they're back. They're on. Or was they were skipped altogether. They just were off. They just off. Yeah. John Cena's agents tried to talk him out of doing a cameo in Barbie because they thought it was beneath him. A lot of people think it's one of the funniest parts the best cameos? of the was, movie. Was yeah. he Meathead Ken? No. <laughs> I'm not going to ruin it for Buff you. Buff Ken? Oh, yeah, okay. No. Was he one of the Barbies? <laughs> no. It's even more odd, actually. Okay. You know, as times continue to change, certain jokes and plot details in movies we once loved... Don't always age well. In fact, they sometimes make you cringe. ScreenCrush.com put together a list of some of these movies. Um, Ghostbusters, which I think it's just not as good. Not that they're doing anything particularly wrong. I I just watched Ghostbusters probably for the first time. And you thought it held up? I thought it was great. Okay. (laughs) Um, 16 Candles, of course. Well, famously embarrassing racist. Yeah, there's yeah. long duck dung. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also have kind of the predatory ways of teen boys treating the objects of their affection, which has uh, that really changed. She won in the end. Yeah. So, you know, she had to sell her underwear in the process. Well, and then so remember what, how they drop off the intoxicated girlfriend? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was a little weird. But I don't think anything happened. Actually, Nothing. a lot of those John Hughes... 80s movies kind of have similar themes. Yes, they do. Forrest Gump, Jenny, who suffers at the abusive hands of every man in her life except for Forrest. Well, how about the way way Jenny treats Forrest? Well, a man with some mental problems as well. (laughs) Uh, Again, it's uh, wrong on several different levels. Braveheart, you've got his painted face and so many issues with that that they say didn't really hold up. I have never seen Braveheart. I haven't either. Yeah. Yeah. American Beauty. American Pie. What's wrong with American Beauty? What's wrong with American Pie? American Beauty isn't he like a a lot older than? Yes. Uh A lot older. I don't think they ever did anything. It's been too long. Love Actually is on this list. Garden State, The Blind Side. I think we know what happened there. Crazy Stupid Love, which bothers me, but, you know, the movie is about a pickup artist who realizes he has a heart of gold. Then you got the middle-aged divorcee who only gets his ex-wife back through an embarrassing, you know, grand public gesture. And a babysitter who declines to give up nude photos of herself. Oh, I, I... Maybe I don't remember. I've seen the movie a couple times, but maybe I don't remember exactly. Crazy Stupid Love? Yeah. 
I thought that uh, Marissa Tomei and, no. and him made a great couple. Well, that was the that wasn't his wife. I know. I know. Yeah. I thought he should have stayed with her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people change. You know, okay. time to move on. I disagree. Okay. Uh, the new Harry Potter TV series is expected to premiere in 2026 on Max. Are you guys in? You're the Harry Potter I'm guys. In. Yeah, I'm totally. I don't know. It we'll just see. feels like they're going back to the well. Oh, are you not? You're not going to watch it. Though. I'm sure I'll watch it. You know, I watch. Even though I hated them, I watched all those stupid Star Wars shows. Well, one of them was good. Though. One of them was good. One of them was good. So you're just kind of throwing at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah, yeah you yes. hate watch in the yes. hopes that it's good. Okay. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. The Game of Thrones spinoff series, The Hedge Knight, is coming in 2025. I, I heard something about this earlier, and I know that you didn't watch the series. Mm-mm. but they I feel say, like I should. They say it's a prequel. Yes. Isn't that what House of the Dragon currently is? It's like a far, it's like a different kind of prequel. Talk about going back to the same yeah. old well. well. Hold on. There's a oh, lot of... Now you're yeah, get I, am in, I am in on this one. This oh, one I am boy. looking forward to. Why? Oh, What's boy. the difference? Well, it's, so these are based off of some books he wrote. Uh, as well, so it's it is a different story, uh, and I like the books that I like these books. So okay, it's it's a prequel. It's not a remake, I guess. Right hmm. there, you go. Okay, that's the distinction. There you go. I'm more excited about this. A new tribute album called Petty Country, a country music celebration of Tom Petty, drops on May 31st. The lineup is crazy: Willie Nelson, Dolly Parton, George Strait, Chris Stapleton, Lainey Wilson, Winona. Luke Combs and more. The first single is out now. It's called "American Girl" by Dirks Bentley. Oh, uh, what's, uh, what's my girlfriend Lainey Wilson covering? I don't know. Um, we've been talking about musical genres mm-hmm. all show today. We have indeed. Is Tom Petty? Does mm. he have some country stuff? I, is he Americana ish? I think that he falls in a couple different different categories. Categories when you really look at, you know, his. Book of music. And that uh, Traveling Wilbury stuff, yeah. that was very American. I agree. Uh, as far as TV Tonight, the 25th season premiere of The Voice is on NBC. Chance the Rapper is one of the big red chairs. Do you like Dan and Shay, Chance you know, the Rapper, Reba, and does John, John Legend, Legend, does he ever leave? Oh, I mean, yeah. Is, is the he's studio been, down the street from his house? No, he's he hasn't been on every episode. He hasn't? Oh, no. Okay. He's just uh, more, I mean, it started with CeeLo Green, Christina Aguilera, Blake, and Adam Levine. They did it for a little while. It's, those chairs have been filled by several different people. Then you have Kelly Clarkson and Gwen Stefani. You have um, I saw they, they, they Usher. Built, oh, yeah, Usher. Uh, Ariana Grande was one season. Uh, they built a special chair for Dan and Shay. Yeah, the double uh, chair. I think they should make him sit. On, you know, on top of each other. Laps. <laughs> <laughs> Might be uncomfortable. Those are long days. TMZ investigates Taylor and Travis. Ultimate love story. I put that in here just for you, Connor. And then uh, just a couple of birthdays worth mentioning. Erica Badu is 53 and Michael Bolton is 71. That's your evening entertainment report here on the Big 550 KTRS. All right, it's been fun, but it's time to wrap this show up with a few randoms. Historians believed the idea of wedding rings dates back to the ancient Egyptians. 
who believed themselves that there was a vena amoris, a vein of love in the left hand's fourth finger. That's the reason we wear it on our left hand? With the direct route to the heart. Is there not that same thing in the right hand? I mean... Well, you know, medical knowledge yeah, back then, Heidi. Back then, it was very loose <laughs> at best, you know? Now, I've always wondered why it's the left hand, right? Mm-hmm. I mean... I don't know. Does anyone, I, I does anyone thought... buck the trend and go with the right hand, you know? Kind of like if you're left-handed and you wear your watch on the right hand. If you're left-handed, do you wear your wedding ring on the right? Uh, I don't think so. Not if you want to stay married. (laughs) Do you actually care what hand it's it's on? on? Like if your wife put it on her wedding ring on her right hand. I'm going to say I do in the scheme of other people looking to see if you're married. And if if it's on the right hand, you're going to be like, oh. Well, yeah. Don't you always look? Oh, wedding ring. If it's on the other, because I have, I guess so. I have other rings on my right uh, wedding finger. If I you just will. Oh, yeah. switched and put it on my right hand just mm-hmm. to see what. Now it's stuck. Oh boy! Oh God! <laughs> okay, we got my get knuckles. The, so, get the butter out. Uh, my knuckles bigger on my right hand. Uh, working at a standing desk only burns sixty-four extra calories during an eight-hour day. But I don't think it's about the burning of calories. I think it's more about just being better for you. They say sitting is awful. It's, it's like smoking, they yes. say. So, so I think just I, in general. So if I stand up at my desk, can I smoke? No? Is that... Yeah, I think, yeah, think, I think if you stand, you can smoke. I think yeah, that's, that's how it works. That's what the yeah. doctors all say. Oh, boy. Japan has the most 7-Elevens with more than 21,000 7-Elevens. Holy cow. I feel like we've lost a lot of 7-Elevens. You can still find them. There's oh, one, yeah. Um, There's one Watson. The cut off. one Watson. Mm-hmm. One of They've kind Olive. of been replaced by, like, quick trips. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, they have, like, food and groceries in a lot of them. But now. a lot of 7-Elevens don't have gas. Right. A lot of them are just, they I think partner, there's one downtown. Yeah. That's just a standalone 7-Eleven? Mm-hmm. We went to one in Orlando uh, when we were down in Disney, and we did a pretty decent grocery trip. Really? I mean, it was more expensive than going to the store, but we were able to... No, I don't like cold stuff. You know this. Cold in general? I just don't like it. I thought it was just ice cream. I didn't know that ice you didn't cream, like slurpees. Ice cream, snow cones, slurpees. Ices at the movie theater? Ice, yeah. Ice coffee? Love ice coffee. Okay. But like a frappe, you, I'm, not, I'm not drinking one of those. Okay. And there are only four types of venomous snakes in the United States. Rattlesnakes, copperheads, cotton mouths, and coral snakes. So I threw that one in for Heidi. And all three of those are you know, around here, aren't they? Oh, copperheads, cotton mouths, and coral snakes. But we don't, well, have, ra- rattle- we, but we don't have rattlesnakes. Do we not have rattlesnakes? I think I, think I bet there's asked- par- I, I bet there are some rattlesnakes in the... Oh. Ozarks? Yes, the, the, 84126. Mm-hmm. If you've seen a rattlesnake around here, let Heidi know so Ugh. she knows where to avoid. Yeah. Man, is that it? That's it. All right. That does it for us. Thanks for hanging out with us on this beautiful Monday afternoon. Hope you'll come back here starting at 3 o'clock tomorrow. And until then, see if you can put a smile on somebody's face.